It looks sort of ironic on the virtual Bible study tonight. We're going to talk about Bible study. Yeah, we want to, we want to just, this is not a controversial subject tonight, Jacob, but we just want to talk about the value of Bible reading and hopefully get us all motivated to hit it with a running start in the new year. All right. Uh, it's going to be an important discussion. You want to stay tuned. We're getting started right now. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 Three one three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And this is the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, December sixteenth, two thousand and twenty-one. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. How are you doing, Jay? Great to be with you. Uh, uh, our calendar year is winding down pretty fast. Getting pretty close to the end. Kyle's here with us tonight. Kyle, welcome. It's good to be here. Glad that you're here behind the controls, making it look good tonight. And you can make the discussion a lot better if you would participate at, at 931-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com, and in the chat window below your video feed tonight. Jacob, uh, we're going to be talking about the the need, the real urgent necessity of being regular in Bible study. And actually, I had sort of an ulterior motive in in choosing this topic tonight because we're trying to promote our our daily Bible reading calendar. You're trying to sell your free Bible reading calendar. We're trying to make a big profit on the Bible reading calendar. We think volume is the answer. We're not making a lot per mm-hmm. copy, mm-hmm. but maybe if we can increase the volume, yeah. we could we could come out ahead. Right. No, absolutely free. We, as we have been doing for, I think, 17 years. It might be 18 years, but we've been printing a daily Bible reading calendar. And uh, we're doing it again for 2022, and we have them printed. They're ready to go, and you can get a copy of it if you will send us an email to questions at collegeview.com and and give us your U.S. mail, snail mail, mailing address, and we'll get one in the mail to you right away. And and, uh, I think you usually... Uh, throw in there, Jacob, uh, maybe a free bu- bumper sticker to yeah, go with right. it. You can get a free bumper sticker while it's coming. And, and, uh, so do that and we can get that to you well in advance of the start of the new year. I think this year, January 1st is on Saturday. So the reading schedule actually will begin on the 3rd of January, which is a Monday. Cause this, and, and those of you who've seen it before or maybe have used it before know that this reading schedule is five days a week instead of seven because, and, and I really think that's valuable because inevitably something is going to happen and you, and you'll miss a day during the week and you, you've got a couple of days to catch up. And so, uh, we'll talk about the importance of devoting the time. It does take some time, but it is so valuable. So if you want a copy of the, of, of our, uh, five day a week, reading schedule that'll get you through the whole bible in a year or you if you choose you could just read the new testament in a year just follow the new testament readings or just follow the old testament readings or do them both and get through the whole bible in a year and uh, we think it's really valuable so send us an email to questions at collegeview.com say, send me a copy of the calendar give us your snail mail address and we will do that right away now we will also do lord willing what we've done in the past on our on the on our homepage of collegeview.com there's a link to the daily bible reading calendar and of course 2021 is still up there cuz it's still active but we will put 20 lord willing we we'll put 2022 there so that if you would happen to be away from home someday oh i don't have my reading schedule with me get online look it up you can see what you got to read that day all right but you sort of jumped the gun here because you haven't told me why I need to send you an email and ask you for the calendar. What do you mean? Well, that's what we're about tonight. Yeah, So you might want to reiterate that at the end of the Maybe program the after you've convinced we'll, we'll, everybody that yeah. they need one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will do that. Okay. Uh, so earlier today to our update list, we sent out these questions. Here's another thing that you can email us about. Get us an email to questions at collegeview.com. If you're not getting our weekly updates for the virtual Bible study, 
and uh, midday on Thursdays. We send out our update, let you know what we're going to be talking about. Here's the questions we send out today. If you don't get this, send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Say, add me to the list. Number one, why is God's word so important? What does it have the power to do? Number two, Bible reading takes time. What principles should govern our use of time? Number three, some have suggested that we need to establish a positive addiction to daily Bible reading. What are the characteristics of an addiction that can be positive if the addiction is to something good like Bible reading? Okay. Number four, list your suggestions for establishing a regular Bible reading commitment and practice. And number five, in practical application, is it better to... A, just do random Bible readings. B, to read straight through from cover to cover. Or C, to follow a plan that places Bible sections in chronological order. Okay. All right. All right. So let's start out with, with I think, what is a necessary uh, point to establish, and that is that God's Word is ultimately important to us. Uh you know, people people write books all the time, and and one big category of books that's written, and people make tons of money writing how-to books, how to work on your car, how to build a house, mm-hmm. how to invest in the stock market to make money. Mm-hmm. And people buy that because they're very interested in knowing how to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, if I can read this book, and if I can learn how to invest in the stock market, man, I could make a million dollars. I might could retire early if, if you know. So I, I think that book would be valuable to me if I can, if I can read that and get the truth out of it. I'll be a great stock market investor. Well, if any any activity that you might consider and and think that a book written about it is important. If you apply that same common sense logic to the Bible, the Bible is about the most important thing in all the, of the world, and a book uh, that describes those things is therefore ultimately valuable to us. Jesus said in Mark 8, verse 36, What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Well, the answer is obvious. Um, uh, he wouldn't gain anything if he gained the world and lost his soul. He, there's nothing he could give in exchange for his soul. So here is the most important endeavor of all, the saving of soul of our souls. Here's the book that talks about that and how to do it. Yeah. So it, it should be more important for us to read than any book that's for sale at Books A Million or on Amazon.com or anyplace else. Right, right, absolutely. Um We've got some response from our listeners. Kent down in Calhoun, Georgia, says it's important because it's the source of faith. Romans ten seventeen, faith comes out hearing, hearing by the word of God. It is the power of God unto salvation. Romans one sixteen and seventeen, Paul wasn't ashamed of the gospel because it was the power of God to salvation, and it is the source of necessary inform- information that will produce spiritual growth. He references Second Timothy three fifteen through seventeen. Where Paul tells Timothy, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished into all good works. Right, exactly right. Yeah. All right. Grant says the word of God equips us for every good work. We only need to study our Bible to know all the good works we are to do. We do not need to come up with what we men think are good works. You know, isn't that, that what Grant says there is really important? Boy, I'd like to know. I, I got to really put myself to figuring out what I should do. I got to figure this. Out. I got to. I got to. I got to use my brain and and come up with some kind of a plan that would affect the salvation of my soul. I don't. I'm. I don't know. I'm. I might not. I'm. I hope I can get it. I hope I can figure it out on my own. I don't have to figure it out on my own. Every good work is described in the Word. Right. Um, he goes on, the Word of God, specifically the gospel, is the power by which men are saved, Romans 1, 16 and 17 again. Uh, we see in the gospel God's plan for making man righteous. When we read the, in the Bible how men are made righteous by obedient faith to the gospel, it instills in us obedient faith by which we then are saved by means of the gospel. So Paul, or we start Grant and... Uh, Kent are on the same page there tonight. Well, so is Mohan up in Illinois. God's word is important because of Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. It instructs us on how to live out our lives day by day. 
Uh, thank you for that, Mohan. And uh, Dwight and Michelle, they're on a different wavelength, different passages tonight. Uh, they say James says in chapter 1, verse 18, of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. By studying his word and applying our, it to our lives, we become as he wants us to be. Hebrews 4, verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even into the division of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Also, Acts 2.37 says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And James 1, verse 21 says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. And so the emphasis here on all these passages that Dwight and Michelle highlight are the fact that the word is what uh, accomplishes uh, that change in our lives. Yeah. Let me take I got a, a little different approach, a little different progression of verses, Jacob. Think of this. Everybody knows the very famous statement of Jesus to Nicodemus in John 3, verse 3. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So i got to be born again. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So i got to be born again. The word of God is what leads me to be born again. There you go. And then also add to that, not only, do, not only is the word of God instrumental in my initial salvation, but it's also initial, uh, uh, um, it's also significant or necessary in, in maintaining my salvation. When Paul spoke to the elders at Ephesus in Acts chapter 20, he said in Acts chapter 20, verse 32, Now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. So to these people who were already Christians, Paul said, stick to the word. Yeah, how important so, is that? So the word is essential to, to initially be saved. It's essential to remain saved. So... I mean, again, I, I would argue that any, any book in any bookstore that you think is important, this one is way more important than that. You know, it's it's interesting when some folks decide that they want to have a Bible study and get some folks together. Many times you hear about them studying a book that might have a few scriptures sprinkled in, uh, but they do actually very little studying of the Bible when they're doing their so-called Bible study. Uh, I think that shows a lack of understanding of uh, the importance of God's word. Yeah, I think that's right. Well, yeah, and, and really, I I think that's probably true also of, of some some Bible classes that are conducted in local congregations. You know, maybe you maybe you're using a book written by some secular author as the basis of your study. Well, I I, I mean, lots of us have shelves full of books written about Bible subject. I'm not saying it's bad to have books written about Bible subject, but the focal point that the center should be the word of god not what men have said about the word of god and there's a lot of concern about the society that we're living in now and where the direction it's taking and everyone folks are really uh, up in arms and no doubt we are in troublesome times but troublesome times have always existed and the way that we overcome is we get prepared for a spiritual battle and ephesians chapter 6 talks about the armor of god and inherent in those items of armor we are to put on or is god's word we have to have god's word if we're going to be successful in this fight for our lives spiritually yeah it's no this is not a this is not just a walk in the park this is uh we're behind enemy territory enemy lines here we're in enemy territory we need to be prepared for a fight you know i i, I think maybe we are missing one of the great advantages of Bible study, you know, so it, it's teach me how to get be saved. It teaches me how to stay saved. It's it's do this, 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 you know, sort of a sort of a checklist of activities. And and it and and I, I don't want to discount the fact that the Bible does give us specifics to do. But maybe if we view the Bible exclusively that way, we miss out on something that Paul described in. Romans 15, verse 4, when he says, Whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. You know, there's just, there's just, there's just great comfort 
in reading uh, about God and, and, and about God's nature and about God's blessings. And and so it, it is, again, I don't want to discount the fact that it is. Do this, do this, do this. There's plenty of that in the Bible. But there's comfort. There's what what Paul describes as the patience and comfort of the Scriptures here and, and the hope that it provides. And there's faith fortifying information. Faith comes by hearing, as uh, Kent uh, pointed out to us. Uh, if I want my faith to be strong, this is how it's going to get strong. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, hopefully that lays the groundwork because if our our, our subject as announced was why you need to regularly read the Bible. Well, if the Bible is just sort of optional information, right. you know, there are a lot of books that I don't read. I, uh, I don't read a cooking book. I'm not a cook. You know, uh, uh, I, I don't read a book about pottery i don't make pottery now i'm sure there's good books about pottery making out there but they're just not of any interest to me and they're not vital to me i i don't need that i don't i'm not interested i don't care i can't say that about the bible all right let's uh, get a break and when we get back uh, what where do we go next okay when we get back let's talk about time management and the use of our time because it's going to take time to read the Bible. All right, we're going to do that. Uh, just give us a little bit of time here for this break, and we'll get to that on the other side. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this. Now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the virtual Bible study right after these important messages. Here's a quick thought. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. John 15, verse 13. That's what Jesus did. Will you follow his example today? True love means giving up your life for others. God reminds us to love in sincerity and in truth. What will you give up today? Seize the day. Here's some quotes worth pondering. God is the unseen guest at every meal, the silent listener to every conversation. What we need is the ability to tramp the last mile, shape the last plan, and endure the last hour's toil. The fight to the finished spirit is the one characteristic we must possess if we are to achieve the prize. The measure of a man is the way he bears up under misfortune. Man, wish I'd said that. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. Back on the program tonight, talking about why you need to regularly study the Bible. And that's a personal uh, topic there um, that uh, we personally need to take it upon ourselves. You know, Kyle, it's easy to look at others and say, you know, uh, he ought to be studying his Bible more. It's, uh, it, it lands in my lap. It does. I think every day I think we need to make sure we're, how can we make the world a better place, our world and our lives a better place? We have to start with reading the Bible. There you go. Getting there you there. Go. All right. So we asked the question, Bible reading takes time. What principles should govern our use of time? I was just looking here, Jacob. And you're going to get different evaluations on this, but here's one, here's one internet blogger who says, it takes 70 hours and 40 minutes to read the Bible through at pulpit rate. You know, that that's the, the speed that we would read orally. If we, usually when we're reading and not speaking, we can read faster than, than at, at a speaking rate. But if you were to read it at what he refers to as pulpit rate, it would take 70 hours and 40 minutes. He says that means one could read the Bible through in a year by reading less than 12 minutes every day. Now, remember, the Bible reading calendar that that we're proposing or that we're providing is going to just read five days out of seven. So you're going to have to make up. So you're going to have to make up 24 minutes, extra minutes divided by five days, about five minutes more. So about 17, less than 20 minutes. Okay, so let's just go with that number. Let's just say that you can read the Bible through if you if you are willing to devote five reading days a week on our on our Bible reading calendar if you're willing to invest 20 minutes five days a week you can read through the whole Bible and that's at a pretty slow rate you could probably do it at less than that yeah okay now I don't know man 
That's a lot of time. That's that's quite a commitment. How long do you spend on Facebook? Uh, how how long do you spend uh, watching TV? How long do you how how long do you spend watching hunting and fishing videos on YouTube? Uh, you know. When you stop and think about it that way, it's not very long at all. Absolutely, absolutely. It, it, what it gets down to is priorities. Yeah. Uh, what's where's your priorities? Yeah, exactly right. So, but but boy, that almost shames us, doesn't it? To say I, I just I'm sorry, but I just don't have the time uh, to be doing all that. Twenty minutes, twenty minutes, five days a week. You don't have twenty minutes, five days a week. You know what you could do, and I know some people who do this. If you think you are just so rushed, how about getting? And I, I think most of us have them. I have it on my. I'm not. I'm not tech savvy, but I have it on my phone. I can. I can get open the Bible app on my phone, and it will read it to me. I. It will read it to me in different versions. I need to listen 20 minutes a day. My commute to work is more than 20 minutes a day. If I just. If I just listen to it while I'm on the way to work. Monday through Friday, I'll be through it in a year. There you go. I mean, it is really a, uh, a, I want to say it, it's a shameful excuse to say I don't have time to do that. All right. What do you think in the chat room tonight? What do you think about the use of our time, how much time it takes? Can it be done? Uh, 931-381-4567. You know, if we check our, uh, there's probably a version, on our phones, you can actually check what your screen time is. Yeah. On your phone usage. So if your screen time is nine hours a day, then I think that says, you know, like, what are we doing with it? <laughs> yeah. So I think you need, there's, there's time. We have time. Yeah. I think it's an excuse to say we don't. You, have you time. know, our forefathers who worked from sun up to sundown just scratching out a living were often were better Bible students than we are. And they didn't have the free time that we have. You know, they, they literally, they had to spend most every waking hour just to, to to make ends meet, and yet they devoted themselves to Bible study. Uh, they, it, it's pretty appalling anytime we try to offer the excuse that we don't have time to do these critical things. No man can serve two masters. Maybe we're seeing it come through in our life. Have uh, we allowed riches and pleasure to choke out our appetite for God's Word and our time that we would use to study God's Word. Yeah. I think for us all to think about as we get into the new year coming up. Yeah. What do our emailers say there, Jay? All right. Kent says, Ephesians 5, 14 through 17, establishes some divine principles in the proper use of time. Number one, being awake or aware of the reality in which we live. Number two, walking and developing a lifestyle based upon true biblical wisdom. And three, redeeming or buying back the time and making adequate use of such. He references Ephesians 5, 14 through 17. Let me read that real quick. Ephesians 5, 14. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth, rise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. All right, there you go. There you go, Kent. Thank good, you, Kent. Good, good idea. And Grant and Janie in the chat room say, it takes me longer, Grant says, uh, than 20 minutes, and it is well worth it. It takes Janie longer, too. Uh, so it does take longer uh, many times. Uh, they both agree that it's worth it. Dwight and Michelle out in Iowa say we have all sorts of time. If we don't have time, we need to change our life in order to have it. Yeah. So they're on Iowa, Iowa time. they got lots of time out there. And it, the clock it, moves slower in Iowa, maybe. It does. Uh, they, all they can do is watch the corn grow and read their Bible. <laughs> and watch the snowfall. <laughs> and watch the snowfall. No, but it is a matter of priorities, as Dwight and Michelle remind us. And that's what Grant says in his email. He says we need to prioritize our, the, the use of our time. What is more important? Matthew 6.33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We need to seek first his kingdom and righteousness. That does not mean we don't have other priorities, but they're not our first priority. Regular Bible reading at the beginning of the day puts us in the right frame of mind, gets us thinking about things spiritual, and fosters questions about spiritual things we might discuss with others. Great, great. I think you're right. And Mohan says the principles should be to read a chapter a few times so you grasp the main ideas. Possibly look up cross-references for the chapter. If time permits, do study questions for each chapter. The website doinggood.org has study questions for each chapter of the Bible. Okay. okay. You know, I like what, what Mohan is saying there. Because I, I, I sometimes find myself in the trap of just getting through the verses and not really 
right. thinking about. I'm just, I'm just mechanically reading the verses, but I'm not really meditating on it. Right. So I, I like Mohan's uh, emphasis on that. We really need to be trying to mine the meaning out as we're reading. Not seeing how fast we can do it. Yeah. Uh, and Dwight and Michelle in their email reference Acts 17.11, the Bereans search scriptures daily. I think that daily Bible reading, study, and prayer are things we need to plan to do on a regular basis. Ephesians 5, 15-17, as, uh, as Kent had noted, uh, says we need to use our time wisely. The time we have on earth is short, James 4.14. The psalmist said in Psalm 90, verse 12, to so teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. All right. Uh, yeah. Very good. Time is short. Uh, so, again, uh, you know, what we do, we get in, we get, we get our schedules, our routines established. And, and so we, we need to get this into our daily routine. And, and so we're going to talk about that. Um, Let's see how much time we got. Yeah, we got time to start this. Okay. So some, the next question is, some have suggested that we need to establish a positive addiction to daily Bible reading. What are the characteristics of an addiction that can be positive if the addiction is to something good like Bible reading? You know, I, I was a little, I was a little hesitant to word it that way, uh, because, um, well, I, I, I was just a little bit afraid of, of the notion of using the word addiction because I think typically when we think of addiction, we think of of, of something horrible or, or terrible that, that mm-hmm. we shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. But then I was thinking of this statement in 1 Corinthians 16, uh, verse 15. So this is right at the end of 1 Corinthians, and Paul's mentioning several people and sending greetings. 1 Corinthians 16:15 I beseech you brethren you know the house of Stephanus that is that it is the first fruits of Achaia and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. And so there's a biblical precedent for using the idea of addiction in a positive way. Right. Uh so after I read that I decided maybe it's not bad to word it that way. So we okay. need to be addicted to Bible reading. Okay? Okay. So uh what about addiction? When you when you when you are addicted to something, uh, you what happens is uh, that it sort of becomes second nature to you. You do it without much effort or thought, but you really become dependent upon it. You know. If you think of some things that people are badly addicted to, maybe drugs or alcohol or tobacco, they have a bodily addiction to it. And and so there's a craving for it, a deep desire for it. They're, they're being driven to go back to it again and again. Right. So the, that's a characteristic of an addiction. You feel a sense of dependency. You need it. You crave it. You desire it intensely. Well, if you think of that characteristic and flip it over to the positive side, well, that'd be a great way to feel about the Bible. I feel dependent upon it. I need it. I I strongly desire to spend time in the Word. I crave it. And so that's what I was sort of thinking of, the attitude that we need to possess toward the Bible and the idea of of having an addiction for it. Okay. Okay. You know, let's sneak some emails in here. Kent said a positive addiction would be that of becoming so accustomed to daily Bible study that such becomes second nature to us, and we make ourselves dependent on such. So you're, you need it as second nature. You're depending on it. Grant says an addiction is something you must have. It takes priority over all other things. It exerts a very strong influence yep. on an individual to acquire what he's addicted to. Yeah, think about that. I like that, Grant. Uh Something you must have is something you feel that like you have to have, and it takes a priority over other things. So, so in a negative sense, here's a guy who's ad- addicted to drugs. He he has to have this drug, and and that becomes all that matters to him. And and he'll 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 do with it. He'll 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 abandon everything else. He'll abandon. His job. He'll abandon his family. He'll abandon his physical health. He'll abandon his personal safety to have this thing that he that he has to have. Right. So it, it becomes his ultimate priority. Now, again, that's horrible and negative. 
But if you, if you think of that driving desire, and, and if we could develop that feeling about the Bible, it would be wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Grant uh, and Janie in the chat room referenced the New American Standard Version that says in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 15, they devoted themselves. They have devoted themselves. That's the idea of addiction that yeah, we're talking yeah, about. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dwight and Michelle in the chat room said, you miss it when you don't have it. You notice the change oh, without it. That's good. That's good. If, if I'm addicted to something, I miss it when I don't have it. Yep. If I'm addicted to Bible reading, I feel I've really missed something today if I haven't spent some time in the Word. All right. Uh, Mohan says uh, the characteristics of a positive addiction is that it will help keep your mind pure. It will help you remain faithful to God. And this so is good, been... Mohan, because think about this. You know, we talk about drug addicts, for instance, that it, is, it, that it leads to all other kinds of bad things. So if I start drinking alcohol, if I start taking drugs, if I start smoking tobacco – then I'm opening the door to a lot of other problems. Whereas if I devote myself to Bible reading, if I'm addicted to Bible reading, I'm opening the door to a number of other positive things. If I'm, if I'm addicted to Bible reading, then it almost certainly will open the door to personal evangelism. You know, I'll be motivated to talk to my coworker, my family member, my neighbor about the Word of God. Uh, it, it, it will, and we're going to talk here in a minute about it, but it, it almost certainly caused me to be more devoted to prayer if I'm reading my Bible regularly. So negative addictions open the door to lots more bad things. A positive addiction to Bible reading would open the door to a lot of good things. Okay. All right. And then uh, Dwight and Michelle in the chat room said, one definition of addiction is a uh, an unusually great interest in something or need to do or have something. Also, addiction is habit for me, habitual to satisfy one's own need. Or something. Some people take drugs to feel better and do better. If we use God's word in the same way, the, the word will help us help uh, will will help you us bring us hope, comfort, and peace. In First Thessalonians four eighteen, Paul tells the Thessalonians to comfort one another with good. these words. I think you're right. Thanks for that. All right, good deal. All right, let's grab a break. Jack, I'll go ahead. Well, no, it's uh, I think uh, especially last year in the mid part of the year in 2020, we were without a large portion of our Bible study here at church or in a lot of churches. So. We didn't have Bible study on Wednesday nights. We had a modified Bible study on Sunday mornings. We didn't have hardly anything actual, the congregational little back and forth uh, Bible study. So I think we miss, we definitely miss that. And that was a. And you know, I think you're exactly right, Kyle. There was sort of a two edged sword because a lot of us felt like we were really missing out on something vital. But on the other hand, some people got out of the habit Mm -hmm. and didn't want to come back. Right. And so, I mean, it's a two-edged sword there. Right. All right. Uh, I'm in the habit of taking breaks, so we've got to do that. We'll take a break, get this week's bullet point, and when we get back, the next topic. We're going to talk about how do we get into establishing a regular Bible reading commitment and practice. All right. How do you establish the habit? We'll get on the other side. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. Our bullet point this week comes from the pen of Barney Keith. How painful is the thought expressed by one of the great poets, John Greenleaf Whittier, when he said, quote, For all the sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these, it might have been. Many a person has thrown away his life in drug addiction, including alcohol. Numerous are those who have thrown away their marriages by becoming involved with others. Parents have often lost their children by neglecting them or even granting them excessive freedom. Many are those who have thrown away a good name by some ungodly behavior. Do you not suppose that a vast majority of these later in life have shed tears of bitter remorse as they have thought about what might have been? It is too late, however, for all has been lost. This bitter lament is found also in the Bible. It was expressed by the weeping prophet Jeremiah in chapter 8, verse 20, as he sadly proclaimed, The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. God had given his people ample time to repent and turn from their idolatrous, immoral ways. They had not shown any inclination to respond appropriately to his offers of mercy. When God was no longer willing to tolerate their wickedness, the Babylonian captivity became his means of teaching them a 70-year lesson. No doubt there were times in Babylon when they mourned and wept over what might have been if they had only listened to the voices of the prophets who had warned them. Such lessons ought not to fall on deaf ears today. That individual who has stopped serving the Lord faithfully will one day realize what he has given up. It may be too late then to do anything about it. My dear wayward brother or sister, 
before the harvest is passed and the summer is ended, you ought to take advantage of a merciful God's offer of pardon by repentance, confession, and prayer. Better that, by far, than to stand condemned in the judgment and have to think of what might have been. That individual, too, who has never obeyed the gospel should ponder seriously what hell is like, as described in God's word, and submit himself to the rule of Christ in faith, repentance, confession, and baptism before it is too late to do so. Far better this than to be separated eternally from God and think of what might have been. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I'm Dwight Bovett. And I'm Michelle Bovett. And we're from Ames, Iowa. We listen to the virtual Bible study every week. And we invite you to do the same. Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. And we're back on the program. Good to hear from Dwight and Michelle out there in Iowa. If you'd like to uh, give us a call so we can hear from you, 931-381-4567. This program is brought to you by the College U Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more at thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeu.com. Find out some videos, uh, streamed live streams of Bible studies and sermons at College U Livestream. Yeah, which uh, some fantastic studies of uh, Philippians on uh, Wednesday nights and studying James. Just started James on Sunday morning, so there's some. It's wonderful, engaging those. It's add to your Bible study. So and some fantastic it production quality there as well, Kyle. Yeah, you know I do. I I do look at some videos from other places, and I think Kyle is on he, the he's game. He's nailing it. Yeah, he's he's it's 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 a high end uh, job that Kyle does on putting those videos up. You know, I was thinking too the other day. I, I, preachers talk back and forth about whether it's best to have topical sermon topics or textual sermons. And I think there's a place for both, necessary place for both. But actually, Kyle, in, in our Bible studies, our Bible studies are, are completely verse by verse textual studies. I mean, over half of our content is straight out of the text. And so, you know, we do, we really put an emphasis on the word. So you're mixing it up there. A little topical, a little textual, a lot yeah. of textual. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, check it out. College U live stream. Yeah. And you can get those, uh, well, some of those sermons in the podcast feed. We don't, uh, advertise that very often. Yeah. Cause tonight when we wrap up here, you'll be posting a, a, an, a podcasted sermon from last Sunday. So you can, you can subscribe to that podcast feed and then, Again, have have something to listen to uh, in your commute to work instead of the chatter on talk radio or the, what yeah. the music. Uh, yeah. uh, the, Both the, of those need to be uh, listened to very carefully. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, talking about the need for regular Bible study. All right. So I ask. I think this is a. I, I'd be. Inter- I'm interested, especially to hear what what our listeners suggest. For establishing a regular Bible reading commitment and practice. I've got a couple of suggestions here, Jacob. Uh, first of all, if, if you're going to get in the regular habit of this, it, you've got to, it's got to be something that's pleasurable. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if, if, if I just make it a, a dreaded obligation, it's going to be much harder to stick with it. Right. So, you know, that's what happens to a lot of diets, a lot of exercise plans. You know, so I'm going to get an exercise bike and and starting in the new year, I'm going to ride. So we, we, we've used the 20 minutes a day principle. I'm going to ride that exercise bike for 20 minutes a day. And I'll tell you, I'm not looking forward to it. It's going to be a, it, I'm, it's just going to be a lot of unpleasantness, but I'm going to make myself do it. You know what happens? Yeah. It After sense. a week or two, the, the the exercise bike gets kind of pushed over in the corner of the bedroom and becomes a a, a, a hanger for yeah. for clothes, right? Uh, because it wasn't there wasn't there was no fun there was no pleasure in it. And so, if I'm going to make this a regular routine, it's got to be something that I f- enjoy doing, and 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 it's. I, I see benefit, pleasurable benefit out of it. So, what do you do? Eat a bowl of ice cream while you're reading the Bible? Well, they're, they're, well, maybe. I tell you what, I like to oh. do. I like to drink a cup of coffee while I'm reading the Bible in okay. the morning. We're right. going to talk about wh- what time of day to do it and so forth. But okay. you know, the, the, so get in a get in a comfortable chair, 
get get uh, you know maybe get a cup of coffee, bowl ice cream, or something else that's that that and 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 as you're devoting this time to this, make it make it a pleasurable experience, not a drudgery. Yeah, I think that's really important. Okay, all right. Uh, the uh, uh, I I, th- I think that you. Well, let's 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 look at our our listeners and see. I'm, I may comment on on some of their comments too, but I I got a couple other things here. All right, Kent says set aside time the time for study and do your best to abide by such. So he's saying make it a part of your schedule. Number two, find a quiet place for study where you can be free from distraction and disturbances. I think that's really important. You know, if the family has got the TV blaring in the same room where I'm trying to read the Bible. I'm probably not going to get much out of it. So I got to, I got to kind of limit the, the distractions in the immediate area where I'm reading. Number three, do your best to clear your mind from all other concerns so that you can concentrate on what you are seeking to accomplish. If I'm just, if I'm, if I'm all worked up in my mind about something else, I got to do that day. If I, if I, if I can't, if I can't put that out of, out of my mind for the moment so I can read, then maybe I need to go do that other thing and come back to Bible reading later. That's true. Number four, make sure you use a valid standard translation of the scriptures. Yeah, we, yeah, I think that's really important. And, and of course, it's not the point of our study tonight. But I'm concerned because I'm hearing Christians quoting what I think are some bogus printings. I don't even call them translations. I, I, I hear them using some what I would call bogus printings. Transliterations. Transliterations. The New Living Bible. I mean, I hear some Christians using that as their study, but that doesn't get the job done. I think Ken's point's a good one. That's not really the emphasis of our study tonight, but but when, if I'm going to devote myself to reading, I need to make sure I'm reading a translation that is reliable. And there are a lot of they're good, a number of good, reliable English translations, but make sure I'm using one of those. That's right. Spend a little, that, that would require spending a little time to investigate. Don't waste your time, though. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do comparative study with other valid translations. Yeah. And like I said, you know, so I, on my phone, I've got King James Version, New American Standard Version, English Standard Version, which all three, I think, are good translations of the Bible. And I can compare them. And I can listen to one or listen to another one or maybe listen to two and get a comparative reading. It's very valuable. All right. Number six, make proper use of proper helps, such as biblical word studies, Bible dictionaries, basic works on the English language, and books that deal with proper rules of interpretation, biblical geography, biblical archaeology, in addition to works that prove scriptural arguments regarding the existence of God, the inspiration of the Bible, and the deity of Christ. Also locate some good works regarding the scheme of redemption in the New Testament church. We need to remember that these helps do not constitute our standard of authority, but they can assist us in noting what can systematic can be systematically arranged for better understanding. That's really good. And, and what's interesting there, uh, Kent mentions a number of things that would constitute a good religious library. And what's interesting is that almost all of that that he's mentioned is now available online. Right. Very inexpensively, in many instances, free. Yep. Uh, I got I got a room full of books over here. If I was starting over again, I probably wouldn't I wouldn't have the vast majority of those books. I, I don't go to the books near as much as I used to because I right. do things online. Right, right. Okay. Grant says, um, do it the first thing in the morning when you first get up. Get up early enough such that you have a quiet time pi- prior to when all the daily activities of life begin. No. I, you know. I, and I'm with you on that, Grant, because that's when I want to do it. Because I'll tell you what happens to me is if I put it off till evening, something always comes up. You know, there's always some some demand on time or something that I just want to do in the evening that takes longer than I thought it was going to take, and it bites into my Bible reading time, and then I get sleepy, and it, and, and and I can't even okay. pay good attention to it. I'm with Grant, but I know other people are different, and so I, I wouldn't bind that. But I'm, I'm with Grant that I think first thing in the morning, uh, before you get into the routine of the rest of the day, make this the first step in the routine. All right. Yeah, here, this is a new one. Participate with others who are on the same program. During the day, you may have questions or comments you may want to discuss with others. Yeah, that would really be helpful. Uh, so... Maybe you're using a Bible reading schedule, and there are plenty of different Bible reading schedules. We're not we're we're fond of the one that we print every year, but it's not the only one. There are others for sure. 
But it, what if you had a reading buddy who was reading the same things you're reading? Maybe it's someone you work with at work. Or maybe it's someone that you just communicate regularly with, a member of the same local congregation, and and uh, you make it a point. You just read your you just read your assignment for the day, and you know they're reading it too. And so, how about this? I'm gonna I'm gonna send a a, a text message with one thing I I took away from my reading today. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna text that to this friend. And he's going to text me back something that he got out of the reading today. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? That would really help. Yeah, keep you going. Keep you motivated. He says it needs to be a structured Bible reading approach with specific chapters assigned each day of the year. Yeah, and we're going to get to Hang on to that just a minute because we're going to get to what's the best methodology, uh, random, chronological, or just read straight through. We'll, We'll talk about that in a minute. Well, here's Mohan up in Illinois in a more populated area than some, more populated than Dwight and Michelle have. He says, I take public transportation to get around in my city, so I always read while on transportation. also like to read in the evenings during the week and large amounts during the weekends and time off. That's cool, Thanks, cool, Mohan. Mohan. Really, you know, that's the, uh, I have a brother who, uh, well, he's retired now, but uh, he took public transportation to work. Uh, in downtown Louisville, and he was on the bus for half hour, forty five minutes at least, every day going and then coming again. And he read his Bible, and it was perfect time because yeah. I mean you don't even have to watch the traffic; you just can read. Yeah. All right. Um, and uh, Dwight and Michelle, you have to make a plan and have the desire to meet that need. I plan. I have a plan for myself. I get up early before work while it is quiet in the house. To do my reading, no TV, no radio, no Michelle. Uh-huh. Oh, there's a, and then that fo- this helps me focus and concentrate on what I'm reading. Reading and studying are two different things to me. When I read, I focus on the theme of the chapter. When studying, I dig in deeper and find myself in different books and chapters of the Bible to help back up what I'm studying about to not just help myself but also help those who I may be teaching. Good, good. good. Thanks for really good, Michelle. Really good. All right. Okay. Uh, let, uh, what time? We what, need a break. Okay. Grab a break real quick. And then when we get back, we can wrap this up, and um, we'll talk about a, a, a method and a plan. All right, we'll be back right after this. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Hello, everyone. I'm Britt Haynes. I'm a member of the College View Church of Christ. A lot of people in the religious world today tell us that as long as our heart is right and we truly love God, we can do whatever we want in our service to Him. They say that what we do doesn't matter because God is only interested in our heart. I believe they have it all wrong. True, God is interested in our hearts, but He's also interested in our actions. One reason why is because our actions describe the true condition of our heart. This is what Jesus taught in Matthew 12, verse 34, when he said, For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. So I believe that if we are doing whatever we want to in our service and are not serving God exactly like he has asked, then our heart is not right before God. The members of the College View Church of Christ are committed to making sure that both our hearts and our actions are pleasing to God. If you're interested in doing the same, we encourage you to join us for worship this Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. In 1978, 5% of the population admitted to being chronic procrastinators. That number has more than quadrupled today. Procrastination statistics suggest that 40% of people have experienced financial loss due to procrastination. When asked the question, to what extent is procrastination having a negative impact on your happiness, 46% said quite a bit or very much and 18% confessed it was an extreme negative effect. That information is via mytimemanagement.com. The Word of God says in Proverbs 27, verse 1, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Use your Internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. I was going to participate in that survey. I just never got around to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they they sent me the form and I I just never got they it get back in time. Get filled out. All right, we're talking about uh, why you need to regularly study the Bible. Um, I, I got a couple things. I got a couple things to add to the thing we were just discussing about about how do we get in the regular routine? How do we establish the commitment and practice? 
And someone suggested begin every Bible reading session with prayer. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be a long prayer, but begin with prayer and end with prayer. I thought that was a pretty good suggestion, mm-hmm. and I haven't always done that. And I, I'm going to try to make that more of a regular part. You know, okay. begin and end with prayer. Yeah. Uh, certainly read with the intention of making application. This is not just an intellectual exercise. I'm reading to learn what God wants me to do. I'm, I, and when I learn what God wants me to do, I'm going to do it. Yep. Read with that intention. And then just on a practical level, somebody says, read slowly. Don't, don't try to, don't be a speed reader. You don't have to be a speed reader to get this done. Someone even suggested, if, if it's possible, I mean, it's not always possible in, in different settings, but if it's possible, maybe from time to time, read out loud. Read it as though you're reading it to someone else. And and that really forces you to kind of get the 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 the, the sort of the intent of the passage. Focus on the passage more, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Anything else? Uh, some some of what is on my, on this list is was also mentioned. Uh, discuss what you read with others. Use Bible study aids. You know, if I come across a passage and and it doesn't make sense to me, well, maybe I'm not going to stop just at that moment, but maybe I need to. Sort of bracket that. Put put a note there and say, "Come back to this and figure this this out." Right. Right. Okay. Um, all right. Last topic tonight. Okay. The last we are running out of time. The last thing we wanted to ask is this: This is just a practical matter. Is it better to just do random Bible readings, or to read straight through from cover to cover? Or to follow a plan that places Bible sections in chronological order. You know, uh, uh, so some people just do this. And, and they just let the Bible drop open. Right. And they put their finger on a verse and they read, you know. I think that's probably the worst possible way to read the Bible. I'm not, I think any Bible reading is good, but that's probably the worst of the ways to do it. You know, the old, the old illustration, you know, the Bible says, uh, Judas went out. So the guy flips his flips his Bible open, and it's open to the verse that says, "Judas went out and hanged himself." He lets it flip open again, and it says, uh, "Go thou do likewise." And he opens it again, and it says, "What thou doest, do quickly." So you know, I'm not sure I want. You know, that's not the, that's not the way I want to get there. Right. Right. So, so you're saying we need a plan, a yes. structured approach. Yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, so so a, I, I think just just random Bible reading. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to read some, something out of the Psalms today, or I'm just going to read something. I'm just going to read uh, something from the Book of Matthew today. It's all good. It's all the Word of God, and there could and there certainly could be gained from that. But it's not going to do you. The, so you're, you're going to put that at the bottom of your uh, techniques that you would recommend. Yeah. Then then of course one way that just seems maybe you know. The way you would do it, here's a book. When I get a book, I start at the front of the book, and I read through it, and I read to the back of the book. I read the first pages first, and I read the last pages last, and so I just read from cover to cover. That's the way you would read most books. Yeah. Now, if you're reading a novel, for instance, it wouldn't even make sense to do it any other way. Yeah. But we understand that the Bible is not not really just one book. It's a compilation of writings. Yeah. Um, and so you could do it that way, but again, I think that that's probably not as effective because the Bible has been organized by men. It wasn't organized that way by God. Men are the ones who put the put the Bible books in the order that they're in. There's, you know, we we know that there's 66 books in the Bible, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament, and they've been placed in an order. But that that's that's an order that men. Devised, we we like it. We memorize the books in order. It helps us look up things, but that order is not of books is not God given. And what happens if you just read from cover to cover? You won't read things that happened necessarily in the order in which they did happen. You you won't get the historical events necessarily in the historical order that they happened. Uh, and so I like the third approach, and actually the Bible reading calendar that we print each year uses this approach. It it tries to follow a chronological order. And so, for instance, uh, 
In the Old Testament, in the Bible reading calendar that we print, when you get to, for instance, uh, the kings of of Judah and Israel, well, there were some there were some very powerful prophets who were prophesying during those those times. For instance, Elijah. Well, Elijah, there's not a book written by Elijah. But let's take let's take Isaiah. Isaiah, for instance, was prophesying uh, during the time of King Hezekiah. Yeah, he actually came in and saw and spoke to King Hezekiah. So when I'm reading uh, in in Second Kings about Hezekiah, then this reading schedule will take me over to have me read sections out of the book of Isaiah that were re- relative to the same time frame. And I really think that's helpful. I really think it's very helpful in general to have sort of a, a, a historical overview, a chronological overview of the Bible, and reading in that fashion helps. All right, here is what our listeners had to say. Kent says, the chronological approach is what we need in Bible study. Such helps us maintain a systematic uh, pro- approach in the study of the Scriptures and we and helps us think rationally, critically, and logically. One cannot draw proper conclusions even from adequate evidence if we do not reason correctly. Grant says, I have enjoyed and benefited by the approach of following a plan that places Bible sections in chronological order. It helps in understanding God's overall plan of making man righteous. We need to understand the overall theme of the Bible, which may be entitled the scheme of redemption. Mohan says, it is good to possibly go through one book from the Old Testament, one book from the New Testament at the same time. The goal is not to rush through the readings, but to go at a reasonable pace. Good. And Dwight and Michelle say that people learn in different ways. Folks need to do what works best for them. Staying focused and committed is very essential to any style of Bible reading, I believe. Also, one can use Sunday's sermons or class for their study for the day. Reading in chronological order may be of more help to some. Paul told Timothy to study to show thyself to prove to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Can't do that unless you're practicing. And you've got to spend time to do that. And we talked earlier about making the commitment and the investment of time, which I think is so critical. Dwight and Michelle in the chat room say, do the pie thing. Eight hours of sleep, eight hours of work, eight hours left. Eating, driving, grocery store, visiting games, TV, home, car repairs, etc. 20 minutes to 30 minutes a day is so little. Just do it. I think you're exactly right. Good way to wrap things up here. Yeah. So let us do this one more time. We're just out of time. Okay, now now you convinced me. What do I need to do? Now, again, we've got this five-day-a-week Bible reading plan printed on a calendar. It's it's a little booklet, and it has each month, and it has your assigned readings for each day, Monday through Friday of every week of the coming year. And uh, as we said, we think the real great advantage of that is it gives you a couple of days to to catch up if you if you get behind. Uh, we don't want to get behind. It, it, you're really. I'll tell you something. We're talking about a practical matter. It is really better not to get behind. True. Because you get behind, then you feel then you feel a sort of a a, a pinch, a crunch, a, 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 a negative feeling of oh, I've, I've, I've let myself down. So try to stay on track. But this gives you a chance to catch up if you miss a day. Okay. So I can get one of those. Yeah. By sending you an email. Send me an email to questions at collegeview dot com. And say, here's my snail mail address. Please get one in the mail to me, and we will send you one. We'll get it out, and you'll get it in plenty of time to start the new year. And we'll send you a Bible sticker, too. A bumper sticker. Does that free price include shipping and handling? It's all free. Everything's free. Everything's free. What a deal. All right, Kyle, any final thoughts from you tonight? No, I think it's it's a good study. I think we need to make sure we're studying the Bible and handling all right, the Word of God. Make it so. How we? Uh, if I'm not so, handling it at all, I can't so, be handling yeah, it right. That's right. right. So, yeah. All right. So read it every day. It's you can't go wrong reading it every day and applying it to your life. So. Hey, you've given You're us a right, couple weeks Kyle. here to get our uh, get our plan together and get our motivation so that we're ready to hit the ground running. Exactly right. And don't have to wait for two weeks. You ought to start tomorrow. Yeah, you can't start. You can you can get a running start on it. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you for your time tonight, Dad. Thanks, Jacob. Enjoyed being with you. Enjoyed uh, being with you on the other end of the line tonight. Hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. Hope you were motivated to study God's Word more efficiently and more dedicatedly in the, in the coming year. 
as a result of our time together tonight. Hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.